A Podcast One production. Hi, I'm Nat Kringudis. And I'm Cecilia Ramsdale. Welcome to The Wellness Collective, a podcast where we invite you to be part of our wellness community to share, learn and live better. There have been countless health fads that have seemingly appeared from nowhere, and some come and they go. Shall we talk about kale again? I think that's on the way out. I don't think we need to cover kale anymore. I think kale's nah, done. I don't like it. I don't anyway, like it either. But I like the reason that some stick around, and that is because they were good in the beginning, and they're perhaps they just got overlooked. And tested, aren't yeah, they? Yeah. Yes, I think so. Or they've been around for like you mean like forever, forever, mm. like a really long time. But I guess the ones that do keep on being either reinvented or have stuck around forever are often ancient practices in one form or of another. They've, they've been, um, I don't know, they've been revamped totally. for us to be able to use them again. Mm-hmm. Rediscovered, I guess, is the word I'm looking for. It makes you feel, though, that perhaps we've maybe become a bit disconnected with passing things down through our generations, do you reckon? Oh, I absolutely agree with that. And I think, look... Here's the thing. Here at the Wellness Collective, we're all about bringing the people and the ideas and the information all together and I guess give it a new life, you know, give mm-hmm. it, look at some tips in a different way, some tricks that you can put in your toolkit to use however you need. So in this episode, we're looking at one of these very old but so important practices. Mm-hmm. Are you ready? Yes. Mindfulness and meditation. Um, <laughs> took a while and we got there. But stay with us because I know that <laughs> we can hear the words mindfulness and meditation. We're like, Ugh. Yeah, I know. I, you know, I was saying to someone the other day, do you meditate? And she just rolled her eyes at me and she's like, I can't. I'm oh. like, I hear you. I get it. I understand. I'm that person. Mm. But you kind of need to find your way. Okay. And that's what we're here today yes. to talk to you about and to help you find that little way that will, uh, you know, let you into a whole world of meditation joy. <laughs> a whole world of booger booger, as I you say. I love it. I love it, though. I mean, I reckon that meditation has always maybe seemed a bit other. You know, it was something monks did oh. or, you know, you went on yoga retreats for weeks at a time. And you're right, it seemed very inaccessible to most of us. And it seemed like it was just for people that were really in touch with their spiritual side. And I think the other thing that we have this preconceived idea is that we need to lock ourselves in a cupboard for about 45 minutes <laughs> to get it done. Yeah. You know, like we have to lock ourselves away. Yeah. I think the whole process is that, and as we'll learn today, is that as you start to do it more and more, I think mm-hmm. that's just a normal progression. I don't think you start at 45 minutes. No. You start with like three minutes. And who's maybe. got that cupboard to go and hide oh, in to do the meditation? would find me in the cupboard. <laughs> they find me anywhere. Yeah. Like wherever I am. Do you know what? Can I let you in on a little oh, go on. kid, you know, yes. sorry, whinge about your kids a thing? Key, yep. Yesterday, um, my husband got a new car the other day. Fancy. He'd had it for almost a week before I actually went for a drive in it, mm-hmm. right? Because mm-hmm. I just done go up sick and whatever. And so last night he said, let's go to the supermarket and we'll get some ice cream. And I said, okay. So we went for a ride in the car. We got to the supermarket and I said, I'm staying in the car. <laughs> because I did not want two people going, can I have this? Can I have yeah. this? Can I have this? So there you go. I need to find that cupboard. And I did find it. In, in the car. In the car, Excellent. just for a few minutes. Is it, does it smell nice? Does it have a new car smell? Yes. Oh, I love that. So maybe you can do meditation in the in car the as well. Car. Hey, um, I picked up a copy of Marie Claire in a waiting room a couple of weeks ago when I was at the optometrist with my son. It was from 2014 and I thought, <laughs> oh, I'll just have a quick flick through, mm-hmm, you know. Mm-hmm. But I found this article about mindfulness in it and it said, mindfulness was the word of the year that year. Okay, so that's four years ago and the dictionary had actually said this is the word of the year because it was had become such a a huge thing. 
But it was still that other, wasn't it? So over four years, I think it's really become a bit more mainstream and people are willing to incorporate it into their lives, you know, download the apps and take on kind of, you know, um, uh, retreats and all that kind of stuff or even something not that intense. Well, I also think this is fabulous and I think we have to do this as much as we resist it, mm. that, you know, practising some type of mindfulness or meditation or timeout or whatever name you need to give it, it is... It's a has a huge impact on our lives. And the reason I think this is because we are living at a time where stress is so oh, out of control. Oh, my goodness. Yep. And we just keep on it like a bat out of hell, not realising the toll that it's taking on us. And this is... This is actually the only way we can get out of fight or flight mm. into rest and digest. There is no other way. No. So if we're constantly adding to that and ramping that up and ramping that up and ramping that up we can find ourselves really unwell and really out of balance and feeling definitely like when, you know, feeling the pull at both ends. So it is a matter of actually resetting the body when we can. And mm -hmm. that's what this does. It basically just resets our nervous system, our hormones. It's, there's like, there's no negative effect to having some time. <sighs> Is, I think that sums it up, really. But you're right, though, about us being busy and stressed and stuff. I mean, last year I had probably the most stressful year of my life uh, with everything that was going on. But I did do one night of meditation training with a woman who was brilliant and she just taught me to breathe deeply and that was enough for me to be able <laughs> to... You love with this, though. What? It's what? like we find this so profound. It's like, <laughs> crap, we need to breathe. Oh like we've always goodness. needed to breathe, haven't we? But it took for you to go and do that, which is amazing. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. I'm not teasing you. No, it's hilarious. But isn't it hilarious? Right. It's like, mm -hmm. oh, I went to this meditation class <laughs> and they taught me to breathe. Yeah. And we're like... Oh, we're both sitting here like, oh, oh my wow. goodness. But seriously, like, it's funny. Mm. We can laugh at it, can't oh, totally. We? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah. I, I remember doing meditation at school. I mean, that's a long time ago. And I went to a, a Catholic school and as part of our religious studies, we would quite often go and meditate. But for teenagers, we just thought it was a great opportunity to just have a little, you know, snooze on the carpet in the nice room, which is what we got to do. Absolutely. But anyway, I think they thought they were teaching us the right kind of oh. direction. And back then, we didn't have as many distractions as we do now. I mean, gosh, when did the last time you put your phone down? When's the last time you stepped into a high school <clears throat> and just to see how much pressure they're under? The oh. good news is that a lot of this stuff is being integrated into school. So yes. anyway, we went to find someone who's done all of the hard work because that's what we love. We don't want to do the work. We just want to find people <laughs> that we can tap into to bring into our lives. It's called the collective for a Correct. reason. Correct. And really she has basically helped us to cleverly commit to our mindfulness in a way that maybe hasn't been discovered before, do you think? Maybe. So I'm Elise Baylieu. I'm the founder of Mindfully May, the world's largest online global meditation fundraising campaign for global poverty and also the author of The Happiness Plan, which is a one-month mindfulness guidebook to greater happiness and well-being in life. So Elise trained as a doctor and she was specialising as a psychiatrist and thought her training, well, she wanted to see how she could harness our brains to live a well and, I guess, happy or more happy life. I was pursuing my career and I became a little bit disillusioned because I felt that there was something really big missing in the model of psychiatry. You know, I was helping people move from, you know, move into just survival, like I was helping them survive, uh, but I was actually discovering that what I was really interested and passionate about was helping people move from survival to thriving. And so I ended up 
basically searching for for ways to help myself thrive and also my patients and that led me to meditation. So something about the idea of meditation really resonated with her and she decided to throw herself into it fully, which, you know, is quite admirable and in a way that I find absolutely terrifying. But she said she found it terrifying too. I don't know if I could do this. It didn't come naturally to me, but I threw myself into a silent meditation retreat because I I really wanted to sort of really explore how this practice could help. And I really experienced quite a transformative moment on that retreat. And that was really the catalyst for the rest of the story, which is that I then came up with this idea to create a, an online global meditation campaign and really make it bring the science that I'd learned about meditation um, and all of my knowledge around the brain through my psychiatry training together and make a really accessible way for busy people to start to learn how to meditate and, and make it a habit and, and really experience the benefits of that. So Elise set up Mindful in May and she left her job as a doctor to spread the word right throughout the planet, which is, well, that's a big thing to take on, but I think it worked. And I put it to her that she must have seen that meditation and mindfulness was worth investing in before she did that. I think what we're seeing is really a very significant paradigm shift in how we're understanding the mind and the brain and how we're understanding that what we do with our mind actually changes the structure and function of our brain and mindfulness meditation is one of the many but a very significant vehicle that helps us to become masters of our own mind and experience levels of well-being that you know we couldn't have experienced before. So Elise is coming from this scientific angle, which of course we all love, (laughs) and one which when she describes it makes perfect sense. After this short break, we hear how mindfulness is like the new dental care. Seriously. Seriously? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. It's the Wellness Collective, Cecilia. Nat. In this episode, it's all about mindfulness and using meditation daily to improve your well-being. Look, sometimes someone just puts things into words and uh, it's like a light bulb goes on, like an aha moment. Elise Bellew has hit this one right on the head. You know, often it's been said that, you know, like for our for our dental hygiene, we, we all wake up in the morning, brush our teeth, go to bed, brush our teeth. It's just a non-negotiable. It's something that we all do. And I think that mindfulness is really becoming this key piece that's going to help our psychological hygiene and our psychological immune system. And it's, I, I believe it's going to become a no-brainer. It's just going to be integrated into one of those things that we just do regularly in order to um, ensure our well-being. I think people are starting to realise how important it is, but I wonder... If this is the way we get the message across to people, like that there's no one way to do mindfulness and mm. meditation and it's just your way. I love this. Mm. Not anyone else's and it doesn't have to be this practice that, like we said before, you don't need to set aside hours or dedicate, <laughs> you know, months 45 towards. minutes no. in the cupboard. Yeah, well, that too. Um, <laughs> and then it's, you know, it's not too hard. It's not too time-consuming and there isn't, like I said, there's not just one way to do it and really teaching a way that resonates with each of us. I know for me personally, yeah. I really resisted meditation for a really, really long time (laughs) until I met this woman um, and she was incredible. I always thought meditation was a having to turn everything off, like switch down your brain, power it down, like turning off a computer. Yep. But what she taught me was something really different. It was actually about integrating all of your senses at once. So I didn't have to turn my brain off. I had to think about what I could hear, what I could see, what I could smell, what I could taste. 
what I could feel yes. and then try and think about it all at once and then that literally she's like it catapults you into the now. You are then in that moment. Yes. And then you realise how much you have because you've got so many senses, you know, you, all your senses are on. Mm. And it was profound for me. Yep. And this is this is just literally the little practice that I do every morning is I sit and I think about all of those things, put myself in the now, and then I think about whatever challenges are bothering me and make them not a challenge anymore, look at a way that I can solve it. That's my form of meditation. Now, I'm sure there's many others. There's like, there's heaps of different types of forms of meditation. It's just about finding one that you can actually use and you like to do. It's like exercise, right? You kind of need to do it. But if you don't find the right one, you're not going to do it. I think you're right, though, and that meditation that you're talking about is a really interesting one because it really shows you that there's so much going on in your world that you just don't pay any attention to. Oh. You know, and the, the I think the one out of those, I, I did that with the lady that taught me how to breathe. Mm-hmm, <laughs> but we're on the same page. Yeah, so I think it was something like, you know, um, I'd close your eyes and identify four things that you can feel, you know, yeah. and you're sitting on a chair so you can feel the chair, you can feel the fabric of yes. your pants or whatever you're wearing you, and you can feel, you know, the skin of your other hand because mm. you're touching hands and the warmth and all of a sudden all these things that are just happening around you, they get given this gravity and you're right, it, it brings you right into this space and you're not thinking about the shopping or, no. you know, what you said so to that good. person you shouldn't have said and all those kind of things. Totally, absolutely. Look, I love that Elise is um, comparing it to like brushing your teeth too because I think that's right, isn't it? You know, you, I mean, why wouldn't we want to look after our mind the way that we look after our teeth. Maybe the brain doctors need to be as scary as the dentists. I don't know. Maybe it's something like that. But I love that Elise is trying to look after our modern brains with an ancient remedy. And she's aware that we're busy and we do have short attention spans. And so she's got some ideas about that. When people ask, you know, do you do exercise? And you say yes. And they say, oh, how many times do you go, you know, how, how often do you exercise? And you say, oh, I go to the gym three times a week or four times a week. Most people would consider that that's someone who really is valuing their fitness and mm-hmm. is pretty committed to it. But somehow with meditation, you know, the question comes up like, do you meditate? Yes. How, how often do you meditate? Oh, you know, if, if you're not saying every day, then somehow it feels that you're not meditating properly, you know. Mm-hmm. So I think there is this real attitude of, of a very black and white thinking about it. And I think that um, it is really important for people to learn ways of making this work rather than adding a burden, adding something else to their to-do list that just feels impossible to achieve. And it's really the, this is the exact reason why I started the Mindful in May campaign, why I've written this book, The Happiness Plan, because I'm really passionate about helping busy people discover that it actually can take just 10 minutes a day of this practice, whether that's actual formal meditation, like sitting with the breath, or practices that you can integrate into things you're already doing in your day. And, you know, the preliminary research I've done on this amount of meditation has shown that it really does bring people significant um, benefits to their life. So being able to incorporate just something small into my day mm. is the about the only way that I could actually achieve this. Yeah. So you know how I've discovered breathing? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really amazing. Mm. You should try it. Yeah, yeah. And I actually heard about someone who was exporting Australian air to the rest of the world the other day. Sorry, speaking what of the hay now? breathing, yeah, yep. To China <laughs> and India, you can wow. buy a can of Australian rainforest air. What do you do with the can? Just <laughs> breathe just it in. Suck it in. Yep. And what happens then? I don't know. Send it to the recycling. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good point. Oh my Probably God, not very environmentally friendly. 
That's hilarious. Mm. Okay. But see, so the, the breathing thing, I'm talking about these breaths like you breathe in as much air as you can through your nose to the count of three and then hold it and then release it through your mouth for six. If you do that like ten times, it like resets your entire body. Totally. It's actually five. Amazing. I think five breaths. That's all you is need. All the research. Well, you're saying I think ten really gets you there. Yeah. But I think the research is <laughs> five. Five will do. Five diaphragmic breaths. Like yes. Five deep breaths. You can do that at the traffic lights. I know. Yeah. But I also heard a statistic the other day that if you do four deep breaths in a day, that's nothing, right? That can lower your blood pressure. <laughs> I mean, I'm not a doctor. No, but I heard this and, I, and my mum, I said to her, mum, I've got a breakthrough for you. You need to do your four breaths a day. But it is... Amazing, because I guess it's that thing where it brings you back. You've got the oxygen in your body to feed your cells, which is what the, oxy- the those big breaths are about, about actually like physically feeding your body. Um, and the calmness. Mm. But um, now we don't get to quote Whitney Houston very often oh on goodness, our episodes, do we? But no. she did say, I believe the children are our future, didn't she? She did. Mm. And she's right. And probably... She wasn't talking about meditation and mindfulness, but she could have been. Well, look, I think you're right in the sense that thankfully this practice is something that our kids are now being introduced to at school. And I know a couple of times Livy's been having trouble falling asleep at night. Mm. She's actually said, Mummy, could you put like the meditation app on so that I can fall asleep? I think that's much better than a sleeping tablet. (laughs) (laughs) Not that she's asked for that, but we were having this conversation about the fix of a pill, which is another episode. Mm. Um, But but yeah, look, you know, that that's where her natural go-to is like, well, this is what we do in class now. And that relaxes her. Yeah. And she identifies that. Totally. And then sometimes I lie there with her and I fall asleep listening Mm. to the meditation Mm. CD. Yep. Introducing this skill to young children is just an essential. It's not a nice to have, it's a must have in this world that we're living in. And I think people underestimate what children can understand and pick up. And, you know, we put children in schools or kinders from age three or four and we teach them things. We're teaching them about the external world. But mindfulness is really about helping children start to connect with their internal world, with their emotions, with their attention. And these are all skills that, you know, over a number of years are just going to be so valuable for children in negotiating all of the different challenges that come up across their adolescence and and their lifetime. And I think, you know, the many people that I've taught meditation to, one of the biggest things that people say is, gosh, like, I just feel so sad that I didn't learn these skills sooner. You know, my, my whole life could have been different. So I think it's wonderful that this practice is coming into schools and people are bringing it to young people. So did you see the film Inside Out? I think we all did. Yeah, yeah, it came out a few years ago. But it was like a great insight to show kids what's actually going on within their brains. I actually got a bit freaked out by that. There's this whole um, storyline in it about where um, dreams go, like dead dreams. It's like a pit (laughs) and they they these black they turn black and they go into this pit never to be seen again. I was like, oh my goodness. It's full on. Yeah. It's very full on. Through the Mindful May program that Elise has been able to to do some research on, she's worked out how long we need to meditate for us to see some benefits. So we did a preliminary, a pilot research uh, a couple of years ago that's about to be published in the Mindfulness Journal and it looked at, you know, how, what benefits were people experiencing for 10 minutes a day? And what we found, it was um, through uh, surveys, and we found that people experienced significant benefit, including an increased ability to perceive their stress levels and then take action, so in effect managing stress, um, an increase in focus and effectiveness in their work, 
a sense of greater self-compassion and kindness to oneself and also a sense of greater connectedness um, to sort of a higher purpose and a greater sense of meaning in their life. So there were definitely measurable effects of just 10 minutes a day over one month. 10 minutes. Woohoo! No 45 minutes in the cupboard. So 10 minutes to have less stress and greater meaning in my life. I reckon I can do that. I reckon we can. I reckon I want to do that. You know what? Even still 10 minutes can sound like a lot, but once you Mm. actually get in the mode, sit down, you're already two minutes in. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's actually, I think it's just one of those things we have to practice. But if you do take part in Mindful in May, there's some guided meditations, there's interviews with leaders from all around the world and masterclasses, and you can join a community. And it's a fundraiser because you commit to meditating every day and you Uh get sponsored. Yeah, I love it. It's really good. When you're beginning meditation, I actually think the everydayness is really important. I think, you know, the more you can do it, the better, but particularly while you're creating a habit. So that's why it is this sort of daily challenge. And no, you know, it's not about having a silent, quiet space because that's, you know, that's just not realistic and also it's not necessary. So I offer meditations in the program that are about, you know, take this meditation onto the train with you in the morning and and practice, you know, mindfulness of sounds. Um, I'm a busy mother myself and so I also offer ways to integrate this into your parenting and, you know, so there's ways of bringing this into your life that you're, you're weaving it through your life. And I think another important point though is the purpose of, Practicing meditation is not to get good at meditation. It's actually to get good at life. And so, you know, by bringing it into your daily activities, that's really offering you opportunities to practice um, mastering these skills of increased focus, increased presence, um, more calm. So as we publish this episode, you should be able to get onto the Mindful in May. But Elise has also written a book called Mm -hmm. The Happiness Plan. The Happiness Plan is my new book, which launches uh, very soon. And basically, it is a one-month guidebook. It's based on the Mindful in May program, but it's an expanded version of that. So it's really, it incorporates my own story of, of how I moved from a psychiatrist to be to running a campaign. And then it gives the readers literally a week-by-week guidebook. It includes links to guided meditations and it includes daily mindfulness practices that people can bring into their daily life, as we've been talking about, rather than sort of adding something onto their to-do list. Um, I also include some of the latest cutting-edge science around you know, what's coming out around mindfulness and how it's actually changing the brain and our whole physiology. Uh, so it's a really it's a really great resource written in a very accessible way. So I love making the science that's really accessible to people. And yeah, and it's really the answer to, you know, a lot of people saying, well, Mindful in May, it's just one month of the year. What do we do outside of Mindful in May? So the happiness plan is something that, you know, you can take yourself through at any month of the year. So Elise is a mother of a small person and um, that comes with its own set of Mm -hmm. stresses as uh, even if you are not the uh, possessor of a small person yourself, you would have seen the tantrums and the the stresses and everything that goes along. Or you might remember doing it yourself to your poor (laughs) old mum. But um, I asked her because I thought, well, you know, if you're practising all this mindfulness and meditation, surely you must be able to just be like Zen mama. Zen mama. Zen yeah, mama. Totally. And uh, I thought she might be that super mum, but... Mm. She's human. So I asked her, does she ever lose the plot? 
Yeah, so first of all, I do. <laughs> we all <laughs> and I'm do. Quite, and I'm quite relieved that, you know, many of the experts that have been doing this for many more decades than I have, you know, that are in their 70s, say the same thing. So the bad news is to people listening that meditation is not going to stop you from being a human being, which involves losing the plot sometimes. <laughs> but what it will help you do is recover from that state a lot more quickly. Honesty is the best policy, I say. Like, let's just be transparent. And we're all in this together. And you do know what? Do you ever look at those people that actually do look like they've got it all going on and think, yeah. mm, there's got to be something missing here? Oh, yeah. I um, I want to come up with a thing too. Maybe we can make a hashtag right here, right now. Let's oh. think about this. Oh. I want to come up with a like a hand symbol <laughs> that mothers or aunties or whoever, dads, whoever, who can identify with a parent in a situation with a child that is just being terrible, like losing their, you know what, in a public space. Could you not just stick your middle finger up at the child? <laughs> well, you could do that. <laughs> that could be it. We just need to stick. Like, I was looking for a signal of solidarity and maybe you've come up with it. Well, it just, you know, it's universal. Yeah. I think that's it. Anyone would get it. <laughs> I was thinking more of an inclusive thing. Oh, but, here I go. Here yeah, I go to the negative. You're just giving the Sorry. kid the bird. I don't well, know about that. But anyway, <laughs> I was going to say well, we're all here for each other. But no, not those kids that are... Anyway, dear oh dear. Sorry, I just killed that. That was good. That's okay. It's very funny. Oh, I was trying to be good. But anyway, um, look, I think... This is like drinking more water. It's one of those things that you feel like you should do every day and you there's so much to be gained by this small step, really, like, um, you know, giving your mind the attention that you give to other parts of your body. Really, when you think about it, it's kind of a no-brainer, pardon the pun. Well, you know what, though? There is also one more thing that Elise told us mm. that will actually blow your mind. <laughs> what do you think about meditation and genetics? I don't know how that's going to go. You know I'm going to go all, all epigenetics on us. Yeah, you totally are. <laughs> One of the things I think is just incredible is that the research around mindfulness, it's, it's not only about reducing stress, but it actually goes down to the level of our genes. And so one of the most remarkable studies that's recently been done is the way that um, one full day of mindfulness meditation has actually been shown to reduce the genetic expression of inflammation in the body, which we know is a risk factor for many different chronic diseases. So this practice, I mean, it really is transformative right down to the genetic level and we really are just at the beginning of understanding. Wow, that is quite incredible. But then I guess it's one of those things where you go, wow, really? But then the logic of that makes perfect sense. If your whole body is calmer and you're not creating the stress hormones that can play havoc with all kinds of elements of your body, then surely that's going to have to have a positive effect, whether it's at a genetic level or a more general level. Absolutely. So here's a question. Am mm. I going to see you adding 10 minutes of meditation to your very long list of things that you need to do after dental flossing and wiping <laughs> your bottom? <laughs> I do try to remember to do the second one of those every single day. I but still get a, Mom, I finish <laughs> from sometimes. I'm like, oh, my goodness, mm. when does this end? Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. but uh, that, that's someone else's bottom at least. I'm guessing you remember oh, your own. I'm always here to help. I need to buy more dental floss too, actually. Oh. Thanks for reminding me. <laughs> hey, um, a big thanks to Elise Bailey from Mindful in May for joining us today. You can join in the challenge wherever you are in the world, which is quite extraordinary, really. Talk about bringing community together. You can go to the website mindfulinmay.org and enjoy getting your om. om. And we, of course, know that this episode has got you thinking and hopefully left you feeling happier, healthier and better. Till next time. 